Hello, I'm Richard Fieldhouse and this is the National Association of Sessional GPs podcast, The Art of GP Locoming, brought to you today from a rather uh, windy, blustery top floor room. So you might hear some rain and wind lashing on the windows. So this is the uh, latest edition of the NASGP magazine, The Sessional GP, our 109th edition for October 2019. So I'm just going to run through uh, the, the, the main sort of highlights of the articles, leaving you time to read them on your electronic device or download them as a PDF from the NESGP website. So the first article we've got for you this month is from um, the, uh, the uh, solicitors, Wrigley's, Wrigley's solicitors. And Alaco Marvin has written this article um, on, based on a recent uh, employment appeals tribunal, uh, tribunal, an EAT, an EAT, um, and it's based on a case recently that came to light uh, on a Dr. Narian, and these details have all been sort of public released about about uh, this tribunal and and the consequences of it because. This was a, a GP um, who was working for out of hours uh, um, as a self-employed person. Initially self-employed, although during that time they also um, set themselves up as a limited company on the advice of their accountant. And this uh, GP worked um, as, a, as a self-employed person with uh, this out of hours company and did so for some 10 or 11 years and only worked for out of hours or did some um, locum agency work uh, but there was there was a dispute um, the doc, Dr. Narion was no longer was was told they weren't, weren't wouldn't be uh, be working there anymore and so Dr. Narion um, basically complained on the grounds of, of discrimination and unfair dismissal so the um, and this always all comes out in Alacoque's um, article and, and 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 so what so I, I, I describes the 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 essences the fundamentals as behind this and because what happened in the end is that this went to a tribunal the um um the uh, out of hours organization lost so they went to appeals and they lost again and the uh, appeals tribunal employment appeals tribunal judged in favor of the doctor saying that the doctor was a worker and and um I just did my air quotes with my little fingers then. I must stop doing that. But so a worker is a type of employee. Um, and I say that in that that workers is a definition. There are basically three definitions. There's self-employed, there's em, em, employed, and kind of in between those, there's worker. And a worker gets treated for tax purposes the same as an employee. And there are some limited uh, legal uh, protection for, for a worker. And, and, and Alicoak really beautifully describes sort of the three definitions of both. Basically, an employee has got three factors. You've, as an employee, you've got uh, there's a situation of mutuality of obligations. So your employer has got an obligation to provide you with work. And as an employee, you have an obligation to, to work there. Um, and and the employer has sort of control over what you do. And as an employee, you integrate into the organisation and and the the um, employment tribunal uh, judges looked into this and and, and looked at, at the sort of how 
uh, Dr. Narian was, was integrating with the organisation, so he didn't see them as an employee. The definition of a worker is you don't have that um, mutuality of obligation. You do, the company doesn't have to give you work and you don't have to work for them if they, if they offer you work. But there is, there's, a, there's a personal contract, there's no contract with, with, with another client, and you get some legal rights. And you, like I say, you have to, as, as Alacoque says, you have to, um, you're treated for tax as in the same way as an employee. And then you've got the self-employed, where um, you're, you're not required to perform um, the actual services personally, which is quite, it's quite odd. I find that quite a hard one to get around. But but if you if you're a self-employed person, you don't you can. There's this thing called substitutability. You can send someone else in your place. And then that's 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 one of the different definitions that pins down the whole IR35. Um, ruling which is also quite a bit of a, a mind bender and when a self-employed person markets himself to the whole world uh, and again that was looked at by these tribunal judges um, and as an employee you, as a self-employed person you negotiate your own rates and all of that sort of thing so it was looked at look, all, all this was was uh, looked into and and uh, and i think i'll probably leave it to you to, to read out what the, what the consequences of that was but basically the um the out of hours had thought they'd been that this this doctor was being played um, self-employed, I believe, but then they turned out to be a worker. So then there there were rights about unfair dismissal. Claims could then go ahead, and obviously there's all the tax implications with that. And the tax implications are quite um, um, punitive if you've if you're an organisation and you've not been uh, taxing the, the your employee or worker at, at the right level. So so. It, Really, a lot of this comes down to the fact that that uh, this that Dr. Narian was um, only working for this company, pretty much, and had only and had been there for such a long time. There was there is another legal test case like this um, regarding a a locum GP, um, and this was brought up again in in in, in this tribunal, um, but the, there was a difference there because that particular locum marketed themselves to the world and they were found to be uh, uh, self-employed um, and, and the situation was found to be quite different and also that doctor worked in yeah worked in all sorts of different practices um, so when it, it, when when we're working as locums you're working in three within three different ways you're work, working in a, in, a, in a tax way in a legal way and you're also working in your in your pension way when it comes to those three things so the way you're treated for pension can be different can be self-employed or employed which can be different to the way you're treated as um, for tax reasons and different to legal reasons it's just not simple um, so this article gives a good context for this this particular case um, but just always, it's just always something to be aware, aware of. And I would say this is a good starting point um, to look into that. So that's, thank you very much, Alacoque, for that fantastic article and to Wrigley's solicitors. This is, the next article is from Rachel from uh, NPS. And this is about um, off-duty dilemmas. So this is about sort of things like Good Samaritan Acts. When we're off-duty and we get asked to perform in our role, as GPs. So Rachel takes us through two or three cases. One, for example, um, you're at the school gate and, and, and a parent asks you to ask for a second opinion about their, their child who's just been to see the GP. 
what to do if you do go and give some advice what you should then do what sort of notes you should take and what you should do with those well another one i find quite interesting is if you're you're on holiday and you've been at a bar you've had some drinks and you're you're on a plane and and you're asked to um to uh, help a, a patient with chest pain but you've been drinking and of course you would never turn up to work on a regular day having had a few pints but um in this context you know there, there is a duty to be performed and and it goes into the sort of the gmc obligations there and again um some caveats really good uh succinct advice there um but also rachel also helps with with uh, navigating you know, family as well and 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 going about treating your family and again should we shouldn't we should we treat ourselves in what situation and if we do what what action do we need to take um so again very interesting and again all of this sort of stuff is these articles are very very pertinent to your to your job so so do record that you're um, um learning these obviously NESGP we provide our whole suite of appraisal aid which comes with membership and you've got very easy to fill in forms but keep those as a record for your appraisal and you should hopefully quickly stack these up as uh, evidence for your appraisal uh, the next one possibly won't get into the appraisal folder, this one. And this is from Liz Densley from Honey Barrett, so Liz, uh, Honey Barrett Accountants. And this is because there's been a change of sorts in the law to do with um, multiple properties. If you've got more than one property. Um, and, and Liz points out that as doctors, we, 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 we get a job for two or three years and then because of rotations and stuff, we have to move on and move somewhere else. Um, and so it's often doctors are found in a situation where they've bought a place, then they rent it out and they move somewhere else. So we can often find ourselves in this, although it wasn't the situation that wasn't necessarily something we'd planned. But the capital gains tax rules have changed. So if you're selling a property, um, the, the, the time period to declare capital gains tax cgt has been greatly reduced you basically got 30 days instead of doing it within your normal tax um, cycle but also how the um the the, the tax relief has changed as well it, it was um uh, uh, two or three years ago um it was it was quite generous as from next year it's going to be um instead of around about 100 percent so different types of claim it's now down to 20 percent. so all really worth knowing about uh thanks Liz for that and um also from Nigel Farrer from Legal and Medical uh this is about an article we called it working until I'm 67 obviously this is to do with with retirement and having to work till you're 67 when um many of us had, had when we started out 20 30 years ago planned to retire at 60 so it's 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 making up for that for that gap and 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 are, are we have we have we as individuals uh, plan planned that and how will be how will be will how will we be able to afford it and so Nigel goes into other things we can look at for example ISAs different types of ISAs um, and also about spousal pensions um, making sure that our, our spouses wives husbands uh, have got got that particularly if, if we're a um, have a a a as a partner who works in a, in a practice with us as well, there are some some arrangements there, making sure they're in the NHS pension, etc. There are something called there's something called VCTs, which are venture capitalist trusts, which sound quite high risk, um, uh, 
but nevertheless are, are a potential option. And again, there's some caveats around that, and Nigel provides some advice on that. Um, but also making sure that um, we, if, if we can afford to as well, um, to start thinking about uh, pensions for our children. Because actually, as, as parents, we can um, be contributing £250 per month, which I didn't know about, into a pension fund for our children. Next article, um, moving on, is from Kate Little, um, who's, who writes about health and well-being. And this one is about the is about ruminating, rumination trap, that time when we're chewing the chewing the mental cut, as it were, where keep on rolling over stuff in our mind, um, and, and it's this sort of vicious cycle that just gets us down, and is is just almost never productive. Uh, and and we do it so subconsciously and almost in a habit forming way. So Kate's got a whole load of tips on how to reduce that cycle. Um, things like journaling, distraction techniques, um, scheduling is 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 something else. Something I was reading about in the in the newspaper today about as a way of, of getting off digital um, digital habits. Um, and digital addiction. Uh, so something that's Kate, Kate's written in a previous article for us as well. Um, but you know, these are all um, scheduling as, as, a, as a way of, of, of uh, getting ourselves out of the rumination trap. And also in our minds when we're linking little goals to big goals, when we, when we, 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 we fail to do big things in our lives because the little thing hasn't happened. And again, again, Kate goes into that. So some really good advice there. Judith Harvey, um, our longest serving contributor to the magazine. This one is really interesting. It's on um, social prescribing. Uh, and Judith has uh, uh, quite a few examples of, of, uh, of how that works and goes into the background and science of it a lot more. And so that will be a separate podcast, which Judith and I will be doing shortly. Um, so I won't go into that in any further detail. And lastly... Um, uh, from uh, Louise Hudman, our, um, our regular clinical uh, blogger on our clinical summary. This one is on hypertension in adults, the, the uh, latest um, NICE guidelines published back in August. So uh, th th there are similarities with the previous guidelines and, and, and there's not that much difference, but actually... The difference there are, there are small differences, but they are they're still important differences, bearing in mind how much um, we see of this. So, um, most importantly, there's a whole new load of uh, patient decision aids putting the decision more in our patients' hands. So, um, there are lots of links through to that on the NICE website. How we the, the greater need to consider frailty in multimorbidity. Um, and, and the sort of starting at the lower seat, uh, cardiovascular risk of, of 10% rather than 20%, amongst others, and some, some prescribing things there as well. So I really hope you enjoy this magazine. It's been really fun putting it together. There, was, there is another article which, I, which um, an author has put in. I really wanted to publish it, but, uh, but I, I got round to it so late. I haven't had time for it to be properly approved. Um, so that will go into the next edition if I can get approval for that. But that, that's really interesting. Interesting. It's a journey of a locum um, 
through through partnership and 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 um, becoming a locum and chambers and everything else. So that's interesting. Um, anyway, hope you enjoy this and uh, plenty of other podcasts to listen to in your wherever you get your podcasts from. And looking forward to uh, speaking to you again as when we're talking with Judith Harvey in the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening.